0: Hello there. Welcome to the Culture of Life podcast from Human Life International. I'm Tad Wojcik, the Mission Research Specialist here with Father Shannon Bouquet, our President.
1: Oh, Tad, it's always good to be with you and to talk about these very important subjects and discussions.
0: Yes, of course, Father. And uh, today we actually are discussing something that's uh, very tragic, uh, very dark um, moment in our in our nation. So we want to warn our viewers ahead of time that there will be um, we're not going to get into gritty details because it's not our uh, purpose here to discuss news uh, so much, but there are uh, disturbing subjects that we're going to be discussing, right? So just right. just a fair warning for our listeners and viewers. Um, and that is because we're discussing the recent events in Uvalde, Texas, uh, which you wrote about, Father. Um, a gunman, Salvador Ramos, uh, killed... Um, 19 children and two teachers and wounded 17. Um, This uh, shooting at police afterwards shot him. uh, So he is no longer alive either. This father comes on the heels of uh, shooting in Buffalo that uh, ended up in 10 killed and three injured. Um, That was uh, a racially motivated shooting as well. Uh, It's an extra factor in that one. And then the uh, most recent shooting in Tulsa, Oklahoma with four killed and uh, it was a murder suicide so the, the shooter also shot himself and
1: right. died And we saw something also in Tennessee you mm-hmm. know in, uh, in Chattanooga if I remember correctly there were a couple of stories that came out of you know again violence right. you know? so it's uh, so unfortunately you're right tad. it's something that's uh, that's uh, that's affecting all of us across our, our beloved nation. And as we see in other parts of the world too, but uh, it's something that we—it's good for us to take a brief moment just to talk a little bit about this and just some of the ramifications and what can we learn from it, and you know how do we address it. So I'm looking forward to having this, this discussion with you today.
0: Yes, Father, and and it's important um, for our purposes here at HLI uh, discussing the culture of life because um, as you gave in your uh, analysis recently uh, about Uvalde, but it applies equally to any of these acts of violence or shootings. Um, that there are deeper causes here um, that uh, stem from the, ultimately from the culture of death, which is what we oppose um, in promoting the culture of life. Um, So why don't you explain a little bit, Father, you mentioned two major points, um, the decline of Christian morality and the phenomenon of fatherlessness in our culture why don't we start with that second one fatherlessness um, and why this is such a relevant factor in these shootings
1: well you know as, as we look at the situation particularly like with uh, salvador uh, ramos we we have many uh, examples where uh those who have committed acts of violence not in every situation so but in many of them uh we see uh where they're coming from a very broken home environment you know a lack of a father in the home a lack of stability in the home, uh, maybe difficulties even with not being raised by their own biological mother, biological father, uh, grandparents, you know, maybe raising uh, some of the children or uh, not in, in a family situation. And, and so this is not something our, our audience, uh, you know, should uh, be not be familiar with because it's a conversation that many have had over the last decade, you know, as we've seen this within the uh, uh the uh, the African community, within the Hispanic community, uh, we see this, you know, very strongly. Uh, and these are issues that are being raised by many people looking and saying, you know, how do we deal with the not only the reality of broken homes and, 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 and how children are being raised in these broken environments and wounded environments, but what are the consequences, you know, not only to the individual, to the family, of course, primary, we should be looking at, but also how does that reflect out into society? How does it affect the culture? And, uh, and so, so I just raised it in, in, in the article, uh, again, just to have people be willing to look, to read, uh, to look at this and realize that, you know, not every situation of a fatherless situation ends in an act of violence. i did not saying that at all, but I'm saying that there are many occasions where it is. And, and so it, it really should cause us to pause And to ask very hardcore questions, you know, of you know, how do we address it? Because uh, the situations that we're seeing, you know, are still there. You know, the fundamental uh, underpinnings are still there: the wounded family, the broken family, uh, the lack of of a father in the home that provides stability, you know, direction, and both to men and to women being raised in the home environment. Uh, And so, I think it's very important, you know, that we we address it. And, and really, that helps us then move the conversation, because as we've talked about in our podcast before, Tad, that, you know, uh, the, the fundamental cell, you know, upon which society is built is the family. And so this is a marriage between a man and a woman, you know, who welcomes human life and takes the responsibility of, of forming and educating their children, you know, not only for us as Catholics in the ways of the faith, but, you know, also how to live, you know, out that faith, you know, in daily life or if they are being raised in a, in a Jewish family or, you know, in a, a non-Catholic family. The, the, the family is the fundamental cell where moral values, where virtue is taught, where people, kids learn right from wrong. They learn what is good from what is not good and how to, to, to live in a society and to function in a society, but also how to contribute in a society. And we have so many sociological uh, you know, data, out, uh, data out there that has talked about this. And it's, so for us to address the issue, we, we need to peel back and, and see how do we address it through the family? to see the family as uh, as Catholics and as Christians, as our heavenly Lord has is created this wonderful institution, this uh, precious gift of marriage, of family, and how by establishing that institution, then we can see how society can be built upon it. And so uh, that's why I raised it. So it, it, I think it's, it's always worthy to come back to that, even though we may uh, repeat it so often in our podcast, but it is a, a, a very much a, a value to keep in front of people, and and to realize. I mean, never use myself as an ideal by any means, because we all come from you know families where uh, that are have their, their wounds and and their and their beauty, and so. But the fortunate for myself being raised within a very large family unit, and what I mean by that is not just an intact uh, family. My father, my mother, uh, and my and my siblings, but also you know the the extended family now, the grandparents, and the aunts, and the uncles, and the cousins, and you know godparents, and you know how that family structure influenced me. But then I I can stretch that family unit. You know I would consider my my home parish of Saint Anne, the parish priest, my religion teachers. You know everyone played a part in my formation, and what I mean by formation here is not just in catechesis. But also my formation is, you know, how to be a contributing member of society and what is, and what is morally right, what is morally wrong, how to act in, in given situations. This came from many people, you know, supporting that family structure. And what I'm addressing in the column is much of that has deteriorated. In some cases, it has vanished and so uh the issue of morality you know for example today in our culture sadly in the west you know basically if it feels good do it i mean that's the morality of the day and uh, basically there's no objective truth and you know, of course we hear arguments say well you know you catholics shouldn't be imposing your values and so forth we hear all the rhetoric that's out there but there is an objective truth and and you know and when we when we reject that truth uh and how uh from, the, from especially from the moral principle like the dignity of human life the repercussions affect all of us it's not just an individual that's impacted so the situation that happened in ovalde is something that affected all of us not you know obviously the the families who lost their children and uh, husbands and wives husbands particularly who lost their wives and you know lost their mothers you know the community there itself directly impacted but all of us. And I think that's why so much of the conversation has been elevated in our country, you know, because of that event and what we saw in Tulsa and Buffalo, uh, in, in Chattanooga and many other places. It's, 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 it's making people question, you know, and, and I, I, what I'm trying to do is not so much get into the political agenda that is out there. And people who are trying to politicize the situation uh, and trying to take extremes or ideological positions, I, I, I raise the question about the family. Because when you look at, you know, uh, Ramos's family uh, situation, it's, it's, it's horrific. It's, it's, it's sad. It doesn't justify anything this young man did. He did this of his own free will, and he caused great, great harm, and he committed a great evil. And, you know, and so it's, uh don't want to, do not want to diminish that at all. But I look at the situation, I mean, a broken home, his mother herself struggled, you know, with drug addiction. We understand from what I've seen in the writings, uh, he was uh, falling away out of school. You know, he was living uh, with his grandmother. Uh, his father uh, was not with the family. And, you know, and I understand from things I've read that uh, he, he was, very much an isolationist very much to himself. Uh, when he was home, he would stay in his room. Uh, you know, I understand playing, you know, video games or, you know, these various uh, war games or, or just these, uh, I do in that world, so it's hard for me to explain those videos, but just the idea that, you know, very much alone. And, and from what I understand, you know, uh, the, obviously this is not healthy for, for anyone and uh, what a mess. Uh, and 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 it's just sad, you know. And, and he's one among many in our in our country today. And uh, and and sometimes these individuals sadly react and respond. And and this is one of them where you know he took what he whatever the situation was and brought it into this environment in the school and 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 they understand from others that uh, that I've read in articles and comments and you know basically just you know uh, earbuds on you know walked into the school and just you know it's kind of acting out you know the this violence and and so and, and, you know, many in our culture talk about, you know, the violence on video games, the violence in these uh, these new games that are out there and the, the violence in movies and the, the, the culture. And it, this is impacting all of us. And, and it changes our way of thinking and our way of approach. And we need to, to really, you know, press the pause button. And, and is, these are not goods, you know, that we should be elevating. And, and they do impact, especially young minds, you know, formative minds, or those that are struggling in family uh, situations, uh, you know. So, for me, when I when I came, you know, to really working on the column and, and 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 developing it, I kept moving, you know, to the question for myself: is so, what is our response? You know, what how can we address these issues? So, I am looking forward to talking about that a little bit with you, Tad. So, yeah. I hope that helps a little bit, you know, about what I was addressing.
0: Right, right. It gives us some context, Father, for the uh, for the sort of. Um, those major points um, that you mentioned in your article and you're bringing up here about uh, fatherlessness and um, I'd like to shift gears a little bit, you mentioned it already, but into the, the question of what's going on with the uh, moral relativism in our mm-hmm. society and the lapse in um, it really lapse in any kind of moral code but in particular the Christian code of ethics that had governed um, life in the West and in the United States for, you know, all of its existence until, you know, relatively recently. Um, And then actually, if you can, Father, tie that into the fact of fatherlessness because uh, men and fathers really are, uh, and in particular priests actually, are are the ones who uh, women have a a strong role too, but at least in children's lives, fathers Mm -hmm. have a strong uh, value inculcation role. Right. Um,
1: yeah, the the you know, it's it's as we've done before in our podcast. It's not not so much looking from a, from a, a point of nostalgia, looking back at what once was, and, and treating it as some you know kind of glorified moment, but to really look at it for what it, it does say, and that is you know for centuries, for millennia, you know the we've always had a rise and fall. We're dealing with human beings, you know, fallen nature. Uh, that can easily, you know, find itself through freedom, reacting in a way that's inappropriate, choosing that which is sinful and causing great harm. We have a, 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 a history filled with examples of this. But we also have a history that's filled with, with good and with humanity setting, you know, moral standards for itself and recognizing that what makes a society flourish and what is always good, you know, for a society, for a, is to advance, you know, good that that promotes human dignity promotes uh uh family values the family itself uh and and recognizes that there are rights and wrongs you know for example even though we know they're biblical but just from a from a civil point stealing is never healthy for any culture you know murder is never healthy for any culture uh you know so these these in themselves have been recognized throughout the millennia. And so we can bring many more other examples like that. Infidelity was something that always was understood never good, not only for marriage, but it's but it's the consequences of that infidelity. What does that promote? You know, the issues of promiscuity. Sorry, oftentimes
0: to... murder can actually fall off Well, of course, that exactly. Crime.
1: And you know, yeah. and it's and so we so as a society, we've advanced. You know, these these moral truths, these goods, throughout our our human history. And, and all of a sudden, within this the last, let's say, hundred years, but more strongly, especially the last five decades, we have seen uh, an aggression to reject, you know, those particular goods that we have valued and that we have passed from generation to generation, and, uh, and just the, the common courtesies, the uh, the way that we uh, respond, you know, to, to dilemmas, you know, maybe disagreements, you know, where people, you know, granted again human nature being what it is, people can turn to violence and get into fights and other acts of aggression, but it, that was never something that was you know, encouraged or promoted. Uh, today, it, it seems to be celebrated, and it seems to be the immediate response, whereas rational people, people who respect each other, uh, respect the dignity of life, respect that is owed to every human person, that you and myself might have a disagreement and we, we, we talk it out. We might even raise our voices and, you know, argue it out. But, you know, but people do this. This is something that helps resolve situations and find a path forward. Um, and, but today that seems that is not the, the way people handle, you know, their, their their dilemmas, their difficulties, their disagreements. And, and it seems that we, we, part of it, which was why I address it, is it comes back to the, the way that I approach human persons. You know, if I see that every person that I encounter and deal with is a person of equal dignity, that is owed equal respect, that that I have no right, you know, to disrespect in any regard, and and so if I start from that premise, which is something we have believed again for millennia, and now because of the introduction of various laws like Roe v. Wade, that in our in our country that allows people to literally determine who lives and who dies and 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 so we have seen the consequence of that mother teresa we've talked about this before that you know when a nation can choose to permit a woman a mother to kill her own child then we will see how this will play out i'm going to paraphrase mother that then that same woman the same mother can walk out and take my life what's what's the difference well some would say what well, the difference is is that the child is within the womb it's you know the fetus and you know they'll, they'll try to come up with these euphemisms and all these various ways of explaining and justifying to human life the moment of conception life has begun and that little life is as equal a value to my life outside the womb there is no difference between my life and that and that life and that value is something that is a society even in the midst of great difficulties you know, of of human history during, you know, world wars and conflicts, you know, that value still remained. I mean, that's what sent people into these battles, you know, to protect values, to protect our families, to protect our freedoms, to, to, to protect human dignity. And especially when we've seen great atrocities done, we've intervened, even our own country has intervened, Many times in in other countries because of the atrocities and violence that is done, or at least has brought them to the surface and talked about them and put sanctions. And why? Because we we see a value here that's not being protected. And in each of us, you know, there's, there's this, this this we recognize when there's an injustice. We still have it, you know. It's just it's getting covered up, and and, and I think that's what happens in a lot of times. sorry, Todd. You wanted to add something? Yeah. Well, please?
0: well, you, it just struck me that you you've mentioned, Father, um, just now that uh, that uh, that we we still have that sense of justice. We still have a conscience, a national conscience, um, right. And that comes out with events like these shootings, exactly. where everyone across the board, whatever the political uh, conversation is after the fact um, everyone condemns this. There's no one who says, Oh, right. that's, that's just right. going to happen. Exactly. It's fine. Or, you know, you got to deal with it. Exactly. No one says that no. of course. And, um, but it's interesting, father, you're talking about things like Roe v. Wade and these other things which have systematically degraded our moral sense. And It's not just laws. It's everything in the culture. It's like you mentioned, video games, movies. And I would say even those things are, 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 uh, more symptomatic even of, of something more fundamental that has really happened that is almost really hard to right. put a finger on but just a, um it's not just the nation but really the whole west of a, a loss of a sense of right. there's no other way to put it as you've said the dignity of the human person of human life we,
1: we, we've become really telling you said maybe a word i can add is desensitized, desensitized right uh, i really believe we have we've we've lost a sense of the other mm-hmm. and that's why i quote john paul ii in the column, who speaks about this? And in a sense of the, the 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 other person, you sitting in, in this room with me now is you know I shouldn't be looking up at the stars and wondering. I'm talking, you know, I'm talking to another person. There's an engagement in conversation. There's a relationship at this table that is occurring, and and I think it's so important that we we, we have a, we've lost the sense of this, you know. And and I think each time we have very these tragic events, these horrible events, but even you know great disasters. You know, like we've seen from my own state of Louisiana, you know, last year when Hurricane Ida and many other storms that affected the state, you know, over the last couple of years. But natural disasters in different parts of our country, people rise. They they, not an injustice has been done, but loss of life, you know, loss of people's homes, loss of business. Uh, You know, people see people struggling to find a food. Clothing, shelter. And people are moved by this, you know. And, and there's, that means there's something within us that recognizes a good. We see a value, and, and the value is the human person. You know, when we see a person who's homeless, you know, I'm hoping that, especially our audience, I know we would be moved by that. But there is a part of us, you know, that at, at times we've got to fight against it. You know, I wonder why they're homeless. I wonder if what's going on. I wonder if they're on drugs. And that all could be many reasons why they're there. There could be some truths that are out there, but this is still a human being. And I remember one of the late chaplains here of, of Human Life International, Father Frank Papa, every time we would go out and, you know, to, to either run an errand or maybe grab something to eat and he would see someone, uh, a transient. And uh, you, I, I would watch him make the sign of the cross. He would bless them. And uh, and so we would talk about it. And, you know, in my travels, I see this as well. and it. it families you know living underneath highways and it it, these are things we should never be become desensitized to there you know no matter what the circumstance is and it could be self inflicted circumstances but these are still brothers and sisters these are these are these are people that are part of our family and and this is why when we look at the children here in this in the situation we're talking about 19 children lost their life that day to teachers, to, to mothers, to, to wives, to, uh, to wonderful ladies who, who gave themselves and I understand from some of the imagery. And I've seen some of the pictures and some of the video. And, and what I've seen is trying to protect those children. And, you know, it's... it's, it's So there's a value, you know, even in the midst of that great tragedy, how many stories could we say from, you know, conflicts between humanity where we hear stories of people throw themselves on top of a grenade, you know, to protect others. There's just something in us that recognizes. And I hope we're never going to lose it because people like good people are always going to keep it. And there's always going to be someone out there to prick that conscience. Mother Teresa of Calcutta is a good example that, you know, many people would know both as Catholics and non Catholics, uh, there's a litany of people like that out there that are always pricking the conscience of our culture, helping us to remember that any act of discrimination is wrong. You know, an act of violence against the innocent, wrong. An act of violence that disrespects another human being's dignity, wrong. Recently we, we've we been hearing stories out of nursing homes and you know, assisted living care facilities where our elderly and our sick are being, their dignities being violated because they're not being cared for. You know, these stories all make the headlines. You know, some because people are looking, you know, for the media for the hype, but underneath it there still is something in us that that recognizes this injustice. And we've lost it with, with the unborn. You know, I'm not saying lost completely. Obviously we're here and many people are fighting the good fight. And there are many people in our country and around the world who recognize this injustice and are doing everything they can. But we have a large segment, Ted, of our culture, and sadly even within the church, that have become desensitized to this and, and really do not recognize the dignity of, of, of the life within the womb. So if that happens then that desensitizes me also to the person outside of the womb. And that's why this is something we can talk about in a general way uh, by looking at the situation, the tragic and horrific situation that we're talking about in avalde Buffalo, and other places. Uh, even in Nigeria recently, there was a great uh, great tragedy that occurred during Mass on Pentecost where people came in and just opened fire. And I, right now, the numbers are under 100 people that I know of from at least articles that have been, lost their life that day, you know? And, and so, and scarred. I mean, think of the children uh, in Ovalde that that survived, you know, not only in, in the classroom, but the rest of the school, the teachers, you know, the community. This has left a, a very, very deep wound and, and a memory, you know? So, so this is why it, it, it's something that we as a nation Need to start asking ourselves, what values do we uphold? You know, what is of utmost importance to us? And, and not from a, uh, it gets me tad sometimes when we talk, I get comments, you know, we all do, and, you know, from articles and sometimes from our podcast. And when we talk about these values, sometimes people will say, well, that's an ideal, you know, you know marriage between one man, one woman, and an exclusive, indissoluble, fruitful union, okay? We got created. All right and and so it's and they say well that's an ideal that's not i can't be lived today well i'm sorry i disagree and i'm, I'm not speaking of it as an ideal you know in in the idea here is that people think that because we've come so far away from it we've moved so we've shifted so far from that way of understanding marriage and because of different views and approaches and ideologies we see you know inroads of people trying to redefine that people think well that's just not possible you know uh, the high divorce rate today the the separation the cohabitation uh the introduction of same-sex unions and all this stuff has so clouded that people think well will quote we'll never get back again as, uh, as if we're speaking something from some kind of nostalgia no there is a truth here and that truth is something that we're called to live and when we reject a truth, there are consequences to that. And, and so, so this is something that's so important that we, we need to name it, call it what it is, patiently, but firmly keep pushing back, you know, and realize that, you know, there, are, there is a good that we must uphold. And, and if we choose to reject that good, and again, we have, and we, we'll, we, the consequences are also there. And, you know and i think for for this you know having you know been a priest now 29 years and, and and working primarily in parish ministry most of my priestly life and working with families working with couples working in schools and you know i've sat uh in many a conversation in uh, the consequences when families there's a breakdown when there is a, a rupture uh, in that family unit and the consequences of that and the long-term impact that has you know, not only on the adults, but on the children, and eventually those children themselves become adults, and how they, you know, uh, recognize and how to respond to that. And sometimes it leaves deep wounds that cause them difficulties going forward. So there's something here we we have to recognize, and and I don't want to speak it, speak from it. It's not I don't see this as as ideal. We can use the word ideal to speak about. An very a, a good. But uh, the way I hear people use it, they think that I'm I'm speaking about something from some some fairy tale from long long ago, uh, that's unobtainable and that we can we'll never be able to to shift the gear. You know, no, uh, we can do that. And and I think the first gear here is that that we need to do is recognize that there's something systemically wrong here, and that's what we're talking about today.
0: Right, right, Father. I wonder if, um, mentioning all this, and and you brought a lot of things into it, but I think it's relevant, um, the questions of, uh, not just this kind of uh, violence that is very obvious to everyone, but as I was uh, mentioning before, um, things that we are desensitized to, like abortion, and other uh, forms of violence and uh, lack of euthanasia, euthanasia, disrespect of the dignity of the human person, I wonder if it doesn't ultimately come down to, um, well, I I think it does, we know it does, (laughs) Uh, the lack uh, of a sense of two things I would say that are ultimately kind of the same, a lack of a sense of of evil, of sin in itself, right, because we're talking about moral relativism, a lack of a societal moral code, um, that is ultimately Christian, and that phenomenon stems from just uh, a turning away from God, which explains everything. Correct. Yeah, and
1: and and I, and I think with with that, if we if we just kind of keep that always in the forefront, and then we can understand, you know, what are the consequences that flow, and and so so for example, when when John Paul, I quote here from uh, Redemptoris Ominous, you know, so this is one of John Paul's earliest encyclicals in, in a situation you know the and he's talking about you know he says um, and it's actually on fatherhood on God the Father and so he says you know the he says man woman remains a being that is incomprehensible for himself his life is senseless if love is not revealed to him if he does not encounter love so God so loved the world that in the fullness of time so we we know that God reveals to us. God Himself, and God is love, and so we, we don't have time to kind of talk about the beautiful understanding. But so this, this we come to understand ourselves, you know, and how God has revealed Himself to us, and the very beauty of what human life is, and what we're called to in that beauty of human life, and which is eternal life—to be with God. That in the fullness of time, God sent His only Son into the world, not to condemn, but to save and so this and he calls us you know if you love me you keep my commandments, and i give you a new commandment love one another so love is something that's revealed and that's why i picked i put it in here some people read a column and say when my father's mentioning that well it goes again we, we talked a little bit about it is the fact that m- my responsibility for you and your responsibility for me we are social beings we were made for relationship we're we're born into a family we're born because of the union of two people and i again i'll use that word ideally for a moment is that between a husband and a wife is where god wishes this life to be welcomed and celebrated and and nurtured and cared for uh, and so but regardless of where that little life is conceived in this current climate of time that life is to be loved and to be cherished and to be honored and, and to be respected. We're born into a family, sometimes born into to wounded families. In many cases, we are born into wounded families, but broken families and single-parent families and the dynamics of today. But we're, we're made for community. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I wasn't raised by just two people. I was raised by a community, and, and we've lost that. And that's what makes this today so, so important is to, to kind of picture, you know, the, 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 how do we see ourselves? How do we relate to each other? And let's be very honest, from what limited knowledge I have, right, I speak for myself, of Mr. Ramos, this young boy, 18-year-old young man, you know, that caused this great, great, horrible act who, uh, and, and, and took the lives of, of 21 people, all right, including eventually his own life. I mean, not, he didn't take it but he put himself in a situation where his life had no value either. And so his life is lost. Great catastrophe occurred here. And so, and, and the communal response, I kept thinking, you know, again, not justifying. I don't want people to misunderstand me, but I, I kept thinking as I'm reading this, this story uh, a little bit of his life, and I kept thinking of the, the, he fell away from school, I understand. And I keep thinking, what was done to re-engage you know would, did anyone and i know my answer would be yes I, I'm, there's no doubt someone tried friends neighbors um uh, teachers uh you know there had to be good people trying who saw a troubled child you know this was not a troubled moment this is a troubled child you know a, a history of difficulty the reach out you know the communal you know responsibility but and i know i know it was there But was it there enough? And again, I'm not blaming anyone, you know, because this young man made his own decision. But I keep thinking, you know, as I read these issues and I look at them, and and, and that's where uh, I'm not placing myself on any pedestal, but so grateful for being able to be fortunate to have those structures available to me and and to know that that those structures have given shape to my understanding of myself my understanding of my neighbor uh, what it means to love a neighbor what it means to care for another human being what it means to respect another person what it means to respect other people's property what it means and uh, how i deal with uh, with conflict all that was shaped you know by the very individuals that were responsible for my formation and my education and and so here again i use that john paul because So many people don't understand what this command of love really means. And this is the moment, you know, because some people are making, and again, not going to get into the political debates and discussions, but I hear very, very, very few people, other than in our own circles, of those that are promoting family values and promoting the family, looking at moral stability within our culture, those that are in the authority positions and the leadership positions, are not addressing some fundamental issues and and that is you know again the importance of the family the the importance of marriage, the stability of an intact family, the impact of that intact family, but also the communal responsibility you know uh, for for each other and in how how can we avoid when we see a situation for example like this you know before this event unfolded the people that were dealing with, you know, with someone uh, like, like Salvador Ramos. What was the response of the community there? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, I'm just asking a question. Because when we turn it around, John Paul raised the same question on the issue of abortion, on the issue of euthanasia. So as we've talked about many times in our podcast, Ted, is what is my responsibility to my, to my sister who is in a situation of difficulty with a child? You know, is abortion ever an answer? No, it's never an answer. should never be an answer. What should be the answer is, what can I do to help? How can I step into here? What can I provide? What is my responsibility toward my neighbor? And my neighbor is both the mother and the child. How do I reach out? In euthanasia, John Paul talked about this in Evangelium Vitae, that you know that basically we just put to death the the person because we don't want to be bothered by the responsibility of caring for that individual who might be sick or might have a lifetime of illness and a responsibility of care. And we use all the various things. We don't want them to suffer, but really like John Paul would say, whose suffering are we more worried about? Our own. We don't wanna suffer. We don't wanna be inconvenienced. And I would say in this situation, again, I don't know all the particulars, but just using this as a moment to talk, this is a chance for us. There are many great, great people who have intervened in these situations in our communities. You know, I have a litany of of, of groups that work with, you know, uh, with men, young men who have no fathers in their home, uh, young women who have lost a sibling or uh, no father in home or no mother or maybe have been abandoned. There are great people out there recognizing the importance of stepping in, uh, you know, providing a stable home providing you know when you think of adoptive parents who have welcomed children into their home because of the circumstances they didn't have again this is people stepping forward and this is where we we need to be i i would love to see that conversation also had in the middle of the debate over the various other issues that this raises but the underneath it is again where is the community and go back to what you said tad Obviously, the the, the morality, the, mor- the a moral community. Not only do we see this this great crime done and this injustice done, you know, to these these children and the two teachers and to the community and to their families, but that should stir up in us. There are many many injustices, and and so how are we going to go forward? What's going to be our response to this? You know, are we just gonna? This is going to be a, a hot button topic for a moment we'll pass it on and move to the next topic i i hope that's not the case i really do uh hope that we we look at this and and look at the total picture at least that's why you know i addressed it in the column and that's why i wanted to talk about it and uh because i can tell you you know coming from from parish ministry working with couples working with parents this was a way to help them and i would say that we need to do this this needs to grow this this understanding of of, of neighbor of, of communal responsibility of helping each other and each of us recognizing when one is lost we all suffer when one is gains and grows and matures and we all we all benefit and and so here we have a great tragedy that's affected every one of us we we all are lesser because of events like that and and that's something that should stir in all of us and say that's just unacceptable you know and 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 people can try to, the issue of the guns they can do with the issue of uh, other acts of violence, but we need to have a conversation you know of of moral truth you know and that uh, the uh, the dignity of human life uh, and how we we as a community want to be identified and I think what's upset people is is if you scratch it a little deeper is it's it's a more on all of us we look at this and this is not how uh, Americans should be acting. It's something within us as an American citizen that says we're supposed to be, you know, uh, this, this, this is not something that's good for us as a nation. So there's something in there, but I find it when people have become uh, unable to 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 think it through and then say, okay, how can we resolve this now? So that's just some little thoughts, Tad.
0: Absolutely, Father. Uh, I, I really think... Um, it's important the points you're raising in just about everything um related to to the moral sense of our society and and uh, the way that our families have have really suffered um and the fact that people can uh unfortunately have descended into such uh climate of uh personal isolation likely mental illness i don't know um but certainly the environment that uh, we right. believe Mr. Ramos was in, was not conducive to it, and, and just familial strife or discord or just absence of, of a father figure.
1: Well, also, you you mentioned, if I may, just, just a few seconds sure. to say, you know, because you, uh, I d- didn't mention it, uh, but the idea that when there's a when there's a loss of accountability, mm. a loss that my behavior is wrong, what's happened today because of moral relativism, basically, you know, who are you to tell me that what I did was wrong? You know and 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 so or what's right from wrong and and so we've lost the sense but, but this is again you know that uh there's something that you know For my again being brought up in a, in a structure you know within a, a value structure a, a moral system uh, of right and wrong it was that you know i didn't go to your home and steal steal something from you you know and if i did do something that was disrespectful then i was held accountable for it and, you know, and so and that variation of, of, of accountability came in different ways, you know, but in the schools, at you know, in my upbringing, we were held accountable. You know, if we used a foul word, if we did something that was disrespectful to the teacher or to another student, I mean, these things were, were corrected. And behavior was assessed in a, sense, in a sense of that behavior was not right. Do you understand why it was not right? I can still remember in third grade, I'm not going to tell you the story, but I still remember, you know, uh, uh, one of my school principals, Mr. Gano, you know, sitting myself down and with uh, another, one of my cousins, but also another student, Mark Arsenault. And we got a good <laughs> lecture, all right, on something we had done. And I haven't forgotten it. I really haven't. And I can still name, you know, other teachers, you know, through the journey that, you know, that would call us out and say, you know, and today we don't like to hear that because, you know, we're told, you know, that, you know, who are you to judge, or, you know, or who are you to correct me, you know, and you know, and what makes your morality, you know, greater than mine or my decisions. But this is again, this is not this is not a civil society you know that's that it creates chaos if there's for example if you know we, no one would argue they might disagree with them you walk over to a, a traffic light a traffic signal and bars are down and we've seen too many tragedies where people try to sneak through the bars what happens inevitably great tragedy occurs you know right loss of life the most great tragedy but loss of property damage you know in the millions at times because someone didn't didn't have regard for the warning that those bars mean same thing in a traffic light so there's a sense of order that these civil laws and civil policies and regulations do for us to help us live in an orderly manner and so it is with the law of god so it is with the moral truth about human life and there is a right and there is a wrong and when we lose the sense of that then it, it the other side of the coin is it just promotes discord it causes chaos you know so if all of us went around and i just walked into the grocery store and picked up a bag of groceries and walked out the door you know now it depends i say this with a little cynicism but a little sarcasm and that is in some states oh it depends on how much it was worth i can get away with it that, that makes no sense because you can't maintain that you know you, you you're, you're not holding someone accountable you know for you know their actions and that this is not something that we as a civil society would ever condone have ever condoned you know you can't go to the bank and rob the bank because you have no money we, we would never accept that you know and we don't there are laws against it and these laws by themselves and that's what i mentioned in my column the laws and policies and regulations by themselves are not enough they're important necessary But we have to get down deeper and and, and really recognize the importance of what a moral life means and what it means to live a virtuous life and why certain behaviors promote a good in self and others and why other behaviors are unacceptable. And as you began our podcast with, have always been held to be unacceptable. And, And so, but we've become very much desensitized. So I, I just want to pick, say that, Tad, because you mentioned the idea of sin, mentioned the idea of not being held accountable, you know, and people are not, you know, are, are, are being held responsible for their actions. Um, and, and except today we see this in the political climate. But, but, but again, it's, it, it doesn't get underneath, you know. So if I, if I incite violence in my community, I should be held accountable you know for for any actions that occur as a result of that you know um and so these are things that we we need to realize and recognize and so i just share that because I, these are some of the points you mentioned and i didn't highlight them enough but uh, i i think it's great that's why this is a good tag team you You're know right. to keep these things in front of us and uh so that our our listeners and ourselves can continue to reflect on them
0: mm-hmm. absolutely father And um, so that's a lot there, but with all that said and and understanding even to, to, you know, as much as we can, the gravity of these issues and and the kinds of things that can result like what we're, uh, you know, discussing here that happened in Uvalde, uh, what can families do to protect their children, father, um, and stand against the culture of death uh, at at a time like this?
1: I mean, I've seen uh, some, uh, some great conversation I think that, you know, for, for, for myself, if I were in a situation of being a husband and father and, and a parent, you know, uh, for my own faith com- community of, of faith and my own community at large is I would be speaking to those in my school system, you know, speaking to those in leadership roles within the regional community. You know, what are we doing? How are we addressing these issues? You know, if, if you're speaking on that level, Ted, in a sense, and I think we, we, we need to do that. You know, uh, you know, even here at, uh, at Human Life International, you know, and some of the local schools in the community, Catholic and public, are asking these questions. You know, we need to make sure that you know that how are we approaching security? You know, uh, what are we doing to address? You know, uh, that this doesn't have a repeat. I mean, I'm talking about just from a protective point of view, but then underneath that is how, to, for example, here in a faith community. How can we get together as a faith community, So, which is something that we can control because we can do that very easily. So how can we in this community of of our faith tradition, you know, uh, help each other, support each other? You know, uh, are there issues in our community that we need to address? You know, how can we bring these to the surface? You know, there could be situations where we might know of, of, of children in our school systems that are struggling, you know, not just from grades, but we can tell that there's other things that are affecting their grades. It could be things going on at home. You know, we're, all, we're, we have a, we're afraid today, you know, because of privacy and autonomy to address these things. But we, we, we have to find a balance because if we recognize a student that is struggling, how can we help that student? What can we do? You know, obviously, we know legally if, so, if a child came to us, uh, you know, and reported that they've been uh, assaulted or uh, some, something has been done to them that's, uh, that's inappropriate, we would address that very, very quickly, and rightfully so. But when we don't have that, no one's come to us. And, you know, how do we observe, you know, if you have a a student that's struggling, you know, if we sat down and talked to them, high school, college, I mean, we we shouldn't, we we can't be islands, you know, at the same time, I can't impose myself, I shouldn't, you know, that's not what we're, we're suggesting. So I would say as a community, you know, as families, we need to link with each other. We need to be connected. You know, we need to, to build support within, within our families, within our community. We need to help each other. We need to be mindful of our neighbor and, and, and not you know build big tall fences, you know, that isolate us from one another because of, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's none of my business. And, you know, we've, we've allowed the narrative of our secular culture, you know, to mandate and to govern how we live our lives. And, you know, and that I think is a great change. And we can do that within our faith communities, hopefully much more easily, because we're already connected in the worship of God. We're gathered together on Sundays, and not just Catholics, I mean, our our Christian brothers and sisters who gather on their various days of the week in their communal celebrations and and, and opportunities of worship and praise, and and then our our Jewish brothers and sisters who gather on on their feasts and celebrations, and you know, but people at large, you know, an example of that we we said this before, and I know we getting a little. I'm I'm getting a little long winded, Tad, as normal. But you know, my one of my grandfathers used to go to the local bank, not because he was going to make a deposit sometimes or a withdrawal sometimes. He went there to get a cup of coffee and talk to everyone who came in the front door. And now today, you you couldn't put a lounge chair. You know, they wouldn't allow you to do it. But you know, in those days, which I still. think i have great memories of you sat down and you visited you know on the on the little stoop outside or maybe on the on the on the bumper of your truck or your car and hey frank how you doing how's your mom tell me how it's going on we've lost a sense of of together and 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 that's what's important here and 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 that promotes a value and it promotes a behavior and an approach to each other not an some people might be doing because they're a little nosy but but you know the the, the most time it's just how are you doing and i i I think that's been lost i mean i see it in my travels you know i'm always amazed and you know people that sit down come sit down right beside me father can we talk for a while Oh, well, you probably picked the wrong person. Sure I can talk for a while, you know. But but it's i, I enjoy that. You know, but people are afraid to talk to each other you know, in an airport. They, everyone's kinda of looking down, looking at their phones, or just kinda of peering down. We've lost a sense of, of each other. And then when someone kinda of breaches that 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 private space, we kinda of, so many people are kind of taken back. And so we, in a way that we can do within our families. I think parents need to teach their children you know, to, to, to recognize what it means to be a community, what it means to be part of a community. And this is what I, I love about our Catholic faith, because it's in our core. It's in our very nature, you know, that we are a community of faith. We are a communal uh, uh, people. And, and when, when you lose that, we suffer for that. and And I think parents need to work on that within their family. And maybe... Pull that ipad and phones and technology away every once in a while and you know make sure that we're talking what's going on you know and, and to do the same thing with our neighbors so it's, it's a long answer tad to, to to that but uh, I, but heavily i would encourage people to get involved in their local community to get to know who are their representatives in their school boards who are the representatives in their local government who are the various council people their state level get involved you know ask you know what are we doing to address the issues how are we and and also i would say especially within uh, in our communities who is my neighbor it's time we answer that every person is a neighbor can't impose can't force but we can sure knock on a door we can sure find a way to to engage and uh and I, if you if we scratch ourselves a deep we all want it most i would say not all most people want to be part of another of other people's lives you know we see this in our elderly you know when they have visitors you know they especially when children go to uh, assisted living or nursing facilities and you know they 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 want to they want to talk to someone they want to visit with someone we, we just have this natural that want to 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 be part of a conversation to be loved to be cared for to be remembered and, and, and what's so sad is to, to end, uh, you know, for myself, and, and I, I, I can't help but come back to the tragedy that we started with, in a sense particularly of talking about Ovalde, is I cannot think of the, 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 the lives that have been impacted, the lives that have been lost, the families that are now dealing with this, the memories of the children, the fear, the, the, the concern for safety, uh, the, the, the memories of parents. Uh, but I ended my column with a positive story. So, I don't know if you want to uh, kind of pick that up and then I'll kick it back my way after, or you want to maybe make, make reference sure. to well, it? Sure,
0: well, I think you uh, <coughs> you are bringing up the story of, uh, I believe it was Ellie Garcia, right? right. As uh, one of the, uh, tragically, one of the victims of, of uh, Ramos, but she had very recently made a, a little video. She was a Christian. Her family was raising her, um, uh, it was a Christian family raising her to Uh, love the Lord and uh, she had made a video that was just a a tiny little evangelistic um, video I mean it is Texas so uh, it's more likely that these kinds of things uh, you know still happen um, around there but uh, it it
1: was a nice uh, it was and she's talking about life example you know from from a young girl who's obviously her mom and dad had in her family had a very large influence. And I was touched by the story. I think it's a very beautiful story. Day, I, think, I, don't, I don't know the time frame of it, but it sounded like from what I saw that it was of, of recent, you know, and it was connected to Easter, talking about, you know, our, uh, as a Christian, you know, why our Lord came and that, you know, he came to give us life and, and that, you know, that we will rise with him. And so she's talking about this. And, and, uh, and, but to hear the Father, I think his name is Stephen, if I remember correctly, um, sharing it you know, and it must have brought him comfort in the middle of his, of he and his wife and their great loss. But to, to, to see, you know, deeper in, into this and how and faith and, and our, our love of the Lord and our, our love of God and our desire to, 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 to follow the way, the truth and the life brings consolation and comfort and assurance of, of something more. And this little girl, nine years old, is talking about that. And, and, and for her, and as the father said, it was very real. I mean, she would pray at night. She would pray from her bed. Uh, and uh, they pray as a family. And it was, you know, it, it's, it, there's something so beautiful in that innocence. And it reminds us, this is holy innocence. You know, just the innocence of a child who's embraced, you know, the faith and embraced love, embraced God. And, uh, and and but to see her her father particularly in this situation uh, who I think released a video and is talking more about it um, to uh, t- to hear him in a sense reference you know how it has brought him you know a sense of, of peace uh, even in the middle of this great 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 loss you know so uh, here we are you know you know as a as, as a people you know given a, a wonderful witness uh, from a little girl who had no. Uh, no inclination of what would be happening to her whatever period of time there was between that video and 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 the loss of her life um, and so uh, I, I think it's a reminder to parents the value you know that they, we pass on to our children and uh, and it, so here's an example
0: yeah absolutely father and I think that's a it's a, a nice positive note to end on here um, just um, just so that we can remember to to be conscious of all these issues um, we've really come to a very dark place in our culture um, amidst all this but we still have that nice light of faith in, and in, in little innocence Always. um and uh with that in mind father i guess the last thing to say is that we should just remember to pray for the victims pray for the families also to pray for the perpetrators um and uh for anyone who's in these situations uh in the future to pray for the uh that these uh, sorts of tragedies would be averted and if
1: i may add the way i ended also with that same call to prayer in my column is to pray for people like ramos you Mm -hmm. know that are out there that are in such dark places that somehow we we pray for the courage to be able to help them to pull them out to, to save them from such a path wherever we possibly can so, in other words, not to leave anyone in the dark you know and and to, and to realize we can answer who is my neighbor and you know and uh, we don't'll we'll we never know you know if uh, if what was done you know for this young man and others will tell us, but if uh, if anything uh, we would want to learn from this and you know and, and step forward as a community and as a people who care for each other and that uh, we want to make sure that we're let's not have a repeat of this you know even though You've given other examples. Uh, let's, you know, we, we have to say enough. As I began my column, again, here we are. Again, here we are. Let's hope I don't have to use that word again.
0: Absolutely, Father. Thank you so much for uh, for talking to me with me about this today. And, and thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe, as well as turn on notifications. Uh, if you're listening to us on uh, our audio platforms, Apple, Spotify, or any of the others, uh, please share with your follow us and share with your friends. Thank you so much once again. Uh, keep on living the culture of life. God bless. Okay, oof, that was an hour, but. Uh,